0: Here's a question for us here at Not Gospel. I am 20 years old, and I have been a Christian since I was little. My relationship with Jesus has gradually increased over the years, and it is the most important part of my life today. I love reading Christian books, listening to podcasts and sermons, journaling my prayers, listening to worship music, and having Bible studies with others. I love these things so much that it feels abnormal sometimes. Well, that's all good. My parents and friends are also Christians, but they don't seem to desire God the way that I do. In fact, I would consider my parents strong Christians. That was in quotes. I just feel like I love pursuing God more than the people around me, and it's confusing to me. I question and doubt if my experiences are even real because I feel like I don't know anyone close to me whose faith is as strong as mine. It's like I have to tone myself down sometimes when talking to people and giving advice to not come across as some weirdo Jesus freak. I guess I just enjoy praying, worshiping, and learning about God more than the people around me. I crave the feeling of being close to him. Is that normal?
1: I wanted to see what you thought about that question in particular. (laughs) I curated that one just for you.
0: (laughs) I don't write this to sound self-righteous at all. I just feel isolated sometimes because it seems that no one around me does Desires Jesus as I do. I mean, I literally listen to sermons for fun almost every day, and I feel like that sounds super boring to the other people. People I follow on social media seem to love Jesus as much as I do, but I am not close to anyone in real life whose faith is so important to them. I am scared that I won't be able to find a husband who loves Jesus just as much as I do. I don't really know exactly what I'm asking you, but I just want to know your thoughts on this. Have you ever felt this way? What should I do? Thanks, sincerely, feeling alone in my faith.
1: That was a really long question, but I thought it was interesting.
0: It feels like, what do I do in this situation? All right, I'm not going to try to be reverent or disrespectful to this person, mm. but it it definitely sounds it sounds so like, Look at how godly I am. That kind of question, mm. and and they said they're being very sincere, and it's like I just mm. I, I love God and I want to pray more, and I was you know all this stuff, and that's all great. Yeah, I listen I listen to sermons in my in my downtime. That's all fantastic, but then it's like, but nobody else around me loves God as much as I do.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's kind of like it sounds like this person is either a surrounding themselves with people that don't have a genuine faith experience, and I, or they literally. I hate to say this, but it, to be super critical, it sounds like a it would be like an attention grab almost. Like, mm. look at me. I love God so much. And I don't want – like, again, yeah. I, I'm just interpreting this question as I see it. That's a part of me that I'm just going to be honest about it. It's a little mm-hmm. judgmental, but it's like almost braggadocious. Like, I love God so much.
1: If I can say this, uh, your mom said something to me once about some girl that you had encountered at some point. I don't know. And she said uh, she was too heavenly minded to be too earthly good. Any Mm. earthly good.
0: Well, okay. And so. And that
1: just quote just kind of reminded me of that.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. It reminds me of that Mm. too. But I'll also say this. It's like when she says she sees people on social media that seem to be as sold out about God as I am. You got to know that social media and the internet and all that's the highlight reel. Yeah. That is not their real life. That's not who these two people really are. You don't. Most people don't air out all of their dirty laundry on social media and stuff, unless they're just looking for attention. It's like, that's, those are the parts people hide from social media and all that stuff, and they just give you the good stuff. I just love God, and here's your daily devotional every single day. Like, so comparing yourself and your loved ones yeah, to things you see online and people who portray themselves a certain way online, I think is dangerous. I don't think that's good.
1: Well, and then also, how are you dist- demonstrating your love with God? Like, does... The activities you're engaging in, watching speakers online and stuff like that, is that necessarily you engaging in love with God? Or is her parents doing that also by living their lives, providing for their family, you know, stuff like that? Well,
0: and here's the thing. My thought is, if you're that, my question would be this. What are you doing in your community? What are Mm -hmm. you doing to get people closer to God? Yeah. What are you doing for outreach? I'm not trying to be judgy. I'm just being honest. Like, if you're that sincere about God and you're that like passionate about God and his kingdom, that in my opinion will manifest in fruit Hmm. and bearing fruit. And we've talked about that before. And I don't think, I don't think you can judge being all about God by how much, how many sermons you listen to or so. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to say for my own personal life, I think because I grew up around some people that weren't, uh, not nice people (laughs) and it made it a, a bad living environment sometimes. And, uh, I crave peace. Like, I just love peace and calmness and stuff. Mm. And when I get in environments that aren't like that, it's very difficult for me. And I've been in work situations where the people weren't very nice. And Mm. it gave me really bad anxiety. And I just, I don't handle being around not nice people (laughs) very well.
0: And yet here you are.
1: (laughs) But, uh, and I know going forward, if I'm going to be in a work situation... I want to work for a library or a church or just somewhere yeah. where the atmosphere suits me. And so while I would say to her, she probably might need to engage in life a little more than online and reading, Yeah, that if if she just knows her atmosphere and she is an intellectual and wants to go to Bible college and that's the atmosphere she wants to be in, uh, more power to you.
0: That's a good point. So she may have an a calling, God may be putting a calling on her life, and uh, not everybody around her has that calling, mm-hmm. so they're not going to be called to that depth of, depth of, of service and that depth yeah. of response to God. Um, if that's the case, I, again, would judge it by fruit. It's like if you have a calling like that, God's giving you that reason, that calling. The reason he's giving you that calling, that desire is to further the kingdom, is to expand the kingdom, is to grow the kingdom. That's it. There's no other reason.
1: Life does seem to go in phases. If she's in a phase in life where she's taken in and taken in, it might be because
0: later she'll be pouring out and pouring out.
1: So, I mean, it could be she's completely fine on the right track. Go for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that could be the case. And if it is, it's like... It's like don't expect don't expect your story to be your family's story. That's
1: true. Yeah. Don't
0: expect your story to be their journey, and they're just you're not the main character in their story. You're the main character in your own story. Yeah. I would withhold judgment from everybody. You know, like like <laughs> you're not reading your Bible enough. You know, then you could do more damage than good. You know, and <laughs> and uh, but it's like before I got all wrapped up in how much I love God and how excited I am for all these. That's great. It's like well how does that translate to fruit for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Start figuring out how to translate that to fruit versus just, I'm just feeding myself and I'm just like just like feasting on the Lord. That's fantastic. It needs to translate to fruit for the kingdom if you're yeah. really diving deep with God.
1: This is not someone asking a Christian question. Okay. This is a secular person who does not like Christians asking a question. <laughs> All right,
0: secular person who hates my guts. I'm ready for this one. Yeah, <laughs> I've encountered one or two of those bad boys. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, my partner's family are fairly religious, church every Sunday, religious art, religious music in their homes, while he and I are not. I've never overly stated my religious beliefs to them. I'm agnostic, but definitely not Christian. And my partner and I believe that they think that I'm still somewhat religious, just less so than him. We are a straight couple in our late 20s and 30s and live completely independently from them. Though my partner is fairly close to his family and we live nearby. My problem is it's almost a verbal tick for them to say things like, I'm praying for you or Jesus saves to me. And everyone, when any sort of issue, large or small, comes up and it's starting to really grate on me. I don't at all push my lack of religion on them and I do not believe that Jesus will help us find a new house. Can I gently ask them to knock this off? I have some other unrelated tensions with them, so I've hesitated to bring this one up. Is it worth it or should I just suck it up?
0: This is a super short answer, in my opinion. <laughs> what? Super short answer. Okay. He has every right to tell him, "Hey, I don't appreciate it. All mm. the religious, yeah. innuendo, and the Jesus saves, and and all that. I don't mm. appreciate that, and it's starting to rub me the wrong way. I'm not. I'm not religious. Can you please refrain from that? He, this person, she, I guess, because they said they're a straight couple. Yeah. This person can totally ask that. Yeah. Totally ask that. Um, I would just say that. Uh, a reminder here is that the reason this family is saying all those things, it may not be just because they assume you're religious. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a wrong assumption. It may be because they know you're not religious, and they are concerned for your salvation. And if they really love you, here's the deal. If a Christian really loves you, Mm -hmm. I have people who are agnostic, atheist in my life. If I really genuinely love them, I cannot love them without having concern for their spiritual condition. Period. I can't love you without Mm -hmm. being concerned about where you're going to spend eternity. That's not real love. It's like, I believe there's a heaven and a hell. This person's family, if they're a Christian, believe there is a heaven and a hell, and you're going to spend eternity one or the other of those places. And if they really love you, they are going to look for opportunities to gently nudge Jesus' ideology to you. They're just going to do it. And they have every right to do that. But you have every right to ask them to quit. That doesn't mean they have to or will, though. Doesn't mean they have to or will. That's on them.
1: Yeah, I just feel like it depends on how they're doing it and their intentions behind it. If it's just their natural conversation, if they're the kind of people who pray about things a lot and they're just like, oh, that's going on, we'll pray about it for you, and then it moves on in the conversation, I kind of think you're overblowing things. But if it is like... Almost witnessing to them on a constant basis. Yeah, I have that conversation.
0: Yeah, mm. in my opinion, it doesn't mean they they have to stop.
1: Yeah, let's flip it. In your situation, you had someone that was, you know, a partner to your child, yeah. and their salvation was important to you.
0: How aggressively do you think witnessing is appropriate? But what she was saying is like not or this. What this person yeah, was saying is really not really aggressive. No, not at and all. And that's why I'm like, gosh, you were just nitpicking. I kind of feel like she just doesn't like them. It's like, yeah, it's like, we'll we'll pray for you on that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a way of being like, do you mind if we pray for you over that situation? Yeah. But if they said no, all that would stop me from doing is praying for them right then and there. They have no control of what I do in my private life, so I'll go home and pray for them if I want. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna give this person power over my private life. I don't tell them, hey, you can't say this about me when you're by yourself.
1: You know what but say you had witness to someone, and then they had the conversation with you. That made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Would you do it again, or just not as overtly?
0: I'd be like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mean for you to be uncomfortable. I probably yeah. would apologize. I don't want to offend somebody. Explain where the heart of it came from. You know, if I care about you, I'm going to care about your spiritual condition. It is what it is. I've had that conversation, and the people have said to me, well, you don't have to worry about saving me. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, fine. But... I keep on living my other life, which includes what she, what this person refers to as tics, which includes, I'll be I'll be in prayer about that, you know, that kind of thing. Like, we're praying for you guys. I'm sick. We're praying for you guys. What else you want me to do? I'm sick. Ah, well, we'll have some chicken noodle soup in your honor.
1: Well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. Uh, That was a little (laughs) but You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to say, you told me a story last week that cracked me up about the Atlantean. (laughs) But the thing is, you see, well, okay, so Clifton met this guy on a plane who's an Atlantean.
0: <laughs> Eddie's an Atlantean, and he's currently in the body of a 60-year-old man or 50-something-year-old man named Eddie who's omni-gender. Eddie is all genders, okay. man and woman together, because the, the original Atlantean, if I'm not mistaken, the original Atlantean that he is possessed by was female, or had the ability to change in and out of the sexes.
1: But what I liked about that story is you let him witness to you first. Like oh, yeah. you gave him a good chance.
0: <laughs> I, he just, I let him roll and I let him, I egged it on. I was like, so how do you know? Do you, when you're born, do you know that this, I'm, I am I am in this body of this personages, personage, but this is not who I am. Like, you know, like I was asking him questions because I was curious. Yeah. And when the moment happened after he tried to recruit me as a, as a religious leader, I was yeah. like, I think you have the Atlantean spirit. You'd be a great, like, like, uh, like, prophet or whatever, and a great, a big leader, evangelical leader for Atlanteans. And I was like, well, I have to stop you there and let you know that I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He saves, and he's the savior of my life and heart. And then I just started rolling with him about the ways God has communicated with me in my life, and et cetera, et cetera. And he probably looked at me like, what a loon, but I don't care. We were just well, a couple just- of loonies side by side. <laughs>
1: People would think that. (laughs) Listen to these two idiots talking about their religion. (laughs) (laughs) They probably think that still. (laughs) But I'd like to help. You are fair and balanced at stuff. Like you'll let people give you their opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Witness to you also. (laughs) Absolutely. Sure.
0: And nothing irks me more than when I've given somebody a space for their, the room for their opinion, you know, and they've Mm. stated it. And not only that, but I'm listening. I'm not sitting there just waiting for my time to talk. Mm-hmm. Not. I'm listening to it because I want to give them the space to adequately present their view. So then when mine h- comes, it can't be, well, you only say that because you misunderstood what I said or you didn't listen to me. It's like, no, I listened.
1: Okay, so this woman appears to be completely non-Christian. Yes. And
0: sometimes I think... she, In my opinion, she appears aggressively non-Christian.
1: Yeah. Non-religious people think that religious people's brains can just it's like a light switch or something like, well, you're not at church. It's time to quit thinking about this stuff. Yeah. And you shouldn't vote your politics. You shouldn't like church should not
0: influence that. It's stuff. a load of crap in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I, they don't know how ingrained it gets in you.
0: It's supposed to.
1: Yeah. Like the morality and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it, it Every part well, of your life.
0: Yeah. It's supposed to, per- if you have a, C.S. Lewis says it like this, Christianity is either the most important thing on the planet mm-hmm. because it's real, yep. or it's the least more important thing on the planet. It's all hogwash.
1: Yeah.
0: What it can't be is kind of important, which is what a lot of people make it. It's my mm-hmm. Sunday shirt that I wear,
1: yeah. and
0: then I go back to living how I live or whatever and caring about what I care about. And it's like if you really, really <laughs> genuinely believe it, if you get a really big dose of holy crap, Jesus was who he said he was, he's the savior of my life, I want to tell the world about them because eternity is real.
1: It's going to affect how you raise your family and how you vote in your gonna, politics. It's going to affect yeah.
0: what you stand for in your life. It's going to affect every single day. Yeah. Your integrity in every situation. Because like he said, it's the most important thing there is. Of course it's going you're going to talk about it. Of course it's going to come up in daily conversation. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, even the scriptures say, whatever you're doing, do it to the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's got to be a God-glorifying way to do anything, to go order something at the drive through there's a god glorifying way to do it to be to work your job there's a god glorifying way to do it so so much witnessing happens on the in the workplace and a lot of workplaces have rules against talking about your religion at work my wife is like that so if somebody asks if a if a if a patient or i guess they call them patients or clients, however, at at her work, asks something religious or whatever. She can talk about church. She can talk Mm. about Jesus. She can engage in a conversation, but somebody else has to bring it up.
1: Mm, That would be so hard. Yeah. My hope for this person's situation is that she finds the family important enough to her that she's going to bring it up and have that awkward conversation, Yeah. and that in that awkward conversation, the people are good enough people. And mean things genuinely enough that they reach out to her and explain their heart and that they can all become closer through it. You know?
0: Well, let's look at the possible scenarios. There's one horrible scenario where no. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't like the people. They don't yeah. like her either. And they're trying to push him, her out of his life. Yeah. They see her as a bad influence. I'm not on,
1: hoping for that situation.
0: <laughs> they see her as a bad influence. So they're just trying to make it awkward, trying to push her out of his life. So then she's going to blow up and they'll be like, see, we told you she was evil. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's one of the possible scenarios. Uh, I'm not rooting for that one either. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. Um...
1: But Christians aren't perfect. It could just be... Yeah. You know, they might say something wrong.
0: The best... Yeah, and the best possible mm. scenario, uh, I think, is that they genuinely yeah. are concerned for this person's salvation. They love her so very, very much. And she's forever linked with, with their son, mm-hmm. um... And so best possible scenarios, she has that conversation and they get to share her heart with them and share their heart with her. Say, look, we love you and and this is a part of our life and it's going to continue to be. And we can, we can try to be sensitive to that, but know that from our position, the more we love you, the more we're going to care about where you spend eternity. Mm. Yep. Here's our, here's our last question for the day. I think it's our last question. I just got my first tattoo on my arm where everyone can see. I walk into my church, however, and everyone just looks at me as if I have the plague are tattoos not a good thing to have as a Christian? What should I do about the situation? Sincerely, John Doe. Mm. We've kind of talked about this a little bit, and I I do feel mm. the way I do, like, but I want to get I want to get your opinion on it. What do you think about
1: Ooh, that? I get to have an opinion.
0: You you always get to have an opinion, but I just feel like you're sitting <laughs> there know, chomping at the bit to hear mine. Like, let's go so I can brutalize it.
1: <laughs> no, I think. How I'm looking at it is from the first fact that it's probably not a sin. (laughs) And then the second fact I'm looking at it from is sometimes in churches, people assume when you become a Christian, you're not out doing the worldly things you were before. And that's where they think you usually get most of your tattoos when you're out partying and stuff. Yeah. And so maybe they think, Oh, he's out in the world living a lifestyle that we wouldn't approve of. Maybe that's what the looks are about. Not necessarily just the, Oh, it's tattoos of sin. Like maybe they think he's out partying and stuff.
0: I mean, that could be it. I mean, the thing is when you get a tattoo, you have to know that you do, you do, and I have them. I got f- five uh, mm-hmm. or something like that. You, you do box yourself into a certain demographic, yeah. especially one that people can see. If you get a tattoo that people can see, then you, you're the per- kind of person who gets tattoos. Yep. That comes with its own stigmas um, and judgmentalism. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my thing about right or wrong what do i do about the situation well there was it was interesting the way he explained it i fi- i just got my first tattoo on my forearm where everybody can see mm-hmm. now either that's his first tattoo that everybody can see or it's his first tattoo tattoo ever and he got it on his forearm where everybody can see yeah. you know what i'm saying if he's covered in tattoos other places or got tattoos that nobody can see it's a different story yeah um again i feel like it's about the, the intent of the heart. Mm-hmm. If you got this specifically just to be seen, just to draw attention to yourself, the Bible talks expressly yeah. against that kind of thing. doesn't mean it's some unforgivable deal, you know what I mean? But it talks ex- expressly against just adorning your body just to draw unnecessary attention yeah. to feed your pride. You know, if this person was getting this tattoo just to be seen and just to get gawked at, uh, well, mission accomplished. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, voila, this is what it looks like. Voila. Yeah. <laughs> but, poof, it's like magic. Imagine that. All oh, I got this tattoo where everybody can see, and all of a sudden people are looking at it and treating me different. But if, if he didn't, if this person didn't get that tattoo to be seen, um, if they got it because it meant something to them or whatever, I think just open yourself to the fact that you may have to have conversations with some of those people that look at you different. Well, and you then- Go up to him and be like, oh, I've noticed a little bit, I felt... a. Honestly, I felt a little uncomfortable since I got my tattoo. Does it bother you? Why can we talk about it?
1: Well, at the end, his last sentence was like, what? Everybody's looking at me. Did I do something wrong? Is it a sin? Like that's basically where he went with it. Yeah. And does he judge what's right and wrong based on what uh, his society views is right and wrong and not necessarily God, you know?
0: Um, or oh, he maybe maybe he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh I can't remember if he, if he said that he'd been a Christian a long time or this person mm-hmm. said they have been a you know a Christian a long time or whatever. Maybe he's confused. He's like, yeah. is it genuinely bad for Christians to get a tattoo? I didn't know. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that could be sincerely what's going on. I think that's what it was.
1: Yeah. And my opinion is, no, it's fine. <laughs> but you do have to read the room you're in. You know, my, some people my, won't like my it. My
0: opinion, you and I are astray on yeah. varying paths on this and that I do feel like it's the intent of the heart. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't care how good a Christian you are or not. I feel like if you put a tattoo on you just to be seen, draw attention to that, to it. I feel like that's probably something you got to talk to God about. Yeah, you know what I mean. Versus, like I got this Aslan tattoo on my arm, and it covers my entire shoulder. If you haven't seen that, there it is. Voila! You know, I'm ID'd forever. The guy with the
1: voila, voila, voila.
0: The Jewish version. You can't put that in? <laughs> no, now, kosher! Voila!
1: <laughs> Was that racist?
0: <laughs> no, because according to Whoopi Goldberg, remember? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations about God from this tattoo. Because they'll see the bottom where it says Aslan. And they'll say, "Oh, what's that? Is that from like, lion, what's that Aslan? And I'll be like, yeah, it's the lion. I'll show it up from the lion, the witch, in the wardrobe. Uh, it. In that series, it it represents Jesus, and it's a great way. It was kind of a cartoon sort of fantasy way to talk about God and tell your kids about God.
1: When they killed that lion at the end, it was worse than The Passion of the Christ.
0: Not for me. It wasn't worse than The Passion.
1: But it it was, was I did
0: tear Anyways, moral of the story, um, I've had a lot of conversations. I don't know if it's rendered any fruit for the kingdom, if it's made Mm -hmm. people think about God or whatever, but I've had conversations about God through this tattoo. I got it. Personally, I didn't care if anyone ever saw it. Didn't care, you know. So, And I think that way about tattoos. If you're getting it for your own, for you, personally, and you don't care if anyone ever sees it or ever notices it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's different than getting it in the hopes that somebody's going to gawk at it.
1: I can guarantee you, if I lived on a desert island by myself, I would be so tatted up. I'd be giving them to myself with a, a stick.
0: <laughs> you do the old school thing with the ink and the. <laughs> I could see you now, like holding.
1: It'd be forty. It'd be on my face. It'd be forty times worse because nobody could see it. You know, it'd be great
0: if you were an island by yourself, is doing, putting some kind of tic tac toe game or something on your arm that you could re- erase over and over and whatever. Oh, you know, it'd be great. You could tattoo yourself to keep track of your days. Uh, no. Yeah, you could do like five and the. Sh- <laughs> You and know, you just that's have awful. it all over you. I've been here. How long have you been? Well, read me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for catching this episode of the Not Gospel Podcast. Let us know what you think in the comments. Do like, comment, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to watch out for new Not Gospel Studios content, including big little church clips every single week, releasing on Mondays every week. And keep being awesome, because that's how God made you. <laughs>